Hello, my dear friend, and welcome one more time to Victory Church. I am Gian. This is our Bible study, episode number 10, the letter from the Apostle Paul to the Romans. And today we are going to be reading from the easy to read version, chapter number six. From Odessa, Texas, I say hello to you. I am Gian, the founding pastor of this church that is such a loving people congregation-wise. I have the wonderful friends here in the church, and one day I hope that you will come to our services and enjoy the fellowship and the laughter and the coffee and the donuts and cookies and whatnot, <laughs> because it's really a very nice group of people. You, you will love to, to mingle with them. But uh, we are going to study today in Romans chapter 6, and we are going to read in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And uh, I pray, Lord God, guide us through this study. So here we go. So, do you think we should continue sinning so that God will give us more and more grace? Of course not. Our old sinful life ended. It's dead. So how can we continue living in sin? Did you forget that all of us became part of Christ Jesus when we were baptized? In our baptism, we shared in his death. So when we were baptized, we were buried with Christ and took part in his death. And just as Christ was raised from death, by the wonderful power of the Father, so we can now live a new life. These are the first verses, four verses from chapter number six, the letter of the Apostle, Rome, uh, Apostle Paul to the Romans. And the previous episodes from one through nine, I have been reading and explaining many things about the grace of God. I encourage you, if you have not heard those studies, go back and uh, it, they are available on the YouTube channel. Vimeo channel on our app, also in the Facebook page, the website, Twitter, and for those who like to listen, the podcast as well. All those chapters that we have read have been very interesting, and I will say probably the most important truths are being extracted and presented to you, pointing out faith as the pillar faith as the fundament, the foundation of our belief system, the faith that comes from God, just to believe that the Lord Jesus died for us. And accepting his free gift of salvation is wonderful. We understand that is by grace. But Paul now is introducing us to, to an, uh, some sort of, um, I will say, he is confronting us here. <laughs> he is going through these questions, rhetoric questions. Are we going to continue sinning because we are forgiven? Because we know that uh, if there is sin, grace is needed. And the more that we sin, more grace is going to come down for us. So he, he is confronting us with this thing because the truth is that we can't stop fully, totally doing what is wrong as long as we are in these bodies and, and we continue living in the flesh. 
and we do not uh, consecrate ourselves to the good Lord, throughout the years we will continue doing what is wrong and, and somehow sin has control in our lives. And probably you are the kind of person who says, but what's wrong with me? I don't want to do what is wrong and I do it again and again and again. And here I am, I am coming back to save my prayers, to ask the Lord to forgive me. And I kind of accept the forgiveness and I think, okay, maybe if I start behaving right, God will truly forgive me. And then you change a little bit and then you feel better about it. <laughs> Although the Lord forgives you regardless, because it's by faith, it has nothing to do with your behavior. But here you are, you found yourself again in the same spot and you wonder, what's the problem? And Paul actually is telling us some important things here. One of the things is baptism. Many people don't like to get baptized. And I know that there are individuals that they are thinking, I will never get baptized because there is no need. We are saved by grace, by faith. Well, that is correct, but it's incomplete because the Lord Jesus told us that we needed to go and get baptized. He did it himself. So are you better than the Lord Jesus? Do you feel better in your spirituality than the Lord Jesus himself that you don't need to get baptized? How about that? Therefore, according with the scripture, the Lord Jesus told the disciples, the apostles in Matthew 28, when we read about the Great Commission, he says, go to all nations and preach them and make sure that they become disciples and they get baptized and teach them everything I have taught you. So baptism is important. And baptism itself is just an act of faith and obedience. And so we publicly say, I believe that Jesus is my Lord. I believe that Jesus saved me. I believe in Christianity. I believe in the Bible. And I am a Christian. I am a believer. Basically, baptism is that. It's a public declaration of your faith in Jesus. So what is the big deal? Why people don't want to get baptized? There are many reasons, but the main point is disobedience, period. If you don't want to obey that simple thing, imagine how you can overcome the rest of the challenges in your life. <laughs> okay, there you go. So here's where we are, confronted by Paul, and he's saying, if you understand the importance of baptism and the significance of that, how understanding that being baptized is a representation of you dying to the flesh also. So the power of God is going to come and give you a new life. Very important to see it. <laughs> Not to mention the fact that when you do your baptism publicly and other people see what you are doing, you become accountable to everybody because everyone will expect something different from you. That doesn't mean you're going to be perfect, but let's keep reading so we will extract more truths in this section. Christ died, verse 5, and we have been joined with him by dying too. So we will also be joined with him by raising from death as he did. We know that our old life was put to death on the cross with Christ. This happened so that our sinful selves would have no power over us. Then we will not be slaves to sin. Anyone who has died 
is made free from sin's control. It's, it's a very complex concept because although we keep alive, we keep breathing and growing you know, in life and aging and all that, the idea of the baptism and the connection of our own selves to the Lord Jesus dying on the cross basically is a, a very deep connection, a spiritual connection when we say, I am going to live for the Lord and give my life for the Lord rather than living for the world and continue doing what the world wants me to do and what sin wants me to do and what my flesh wants me to do and the temptations that coming from the darkness. You see? That's why this section from five to through seven is, is, is complex because it's a concept that tells us we have to be aware that our lives actually are dead to sin. So we cannot participate in sin anymore. But let's keep reading because this is getting better. Eight, if we died with Christ, we know that we will also live with him. Christ was raised from death and we know that he cannot die again. Death has no power over him now. Yes, when Christ died, he died to defeat the power of sin. One time, enough for all time, he now has a new life and his new life is with God. In the same way, you should see yourselves as being dead to the power of sin and alive for God through Christ Jesus. So moving forward, we understand baptism is a public declaration of our faith. The significance is we are dead to sin. It's just a public declaration. But then in the next section, we connect spiritually to the concept that we cannot be part of sin anymore. But here in verse 8 through 11, Paul is telling us, remember, the Lord Jesus just not just died. He also came back to life in the power of the Holy Spirit to live for God entirely. So, so can you do that? So you have to be aware of these things. Just be conscientious. Getting baptized, the representation of that, the meaning of us dying with the Lord Jesus on the cross, and now how we now are being bringing, brought back to life, to live for God, pure lives. Let's keep reading. Verse 12. But don't let sin control your life here on earth. You must not be ruled by the things your sinful self makes you want to do. Don't offer the parts of your body to serve sin. Don't use your bodies to do evil, but offer yourselves to God as people who have died and now live. Offer the parts of your body to God to be used for doing good. Sin will not be your master because you are not under law. You now live under God's grace. Such a powerful way to close this section here from verses 12, 12 to, through 14. Powerful. Now, 
I am so excited reading these things and, and probably you are thinking, good for you, you're happy. Seems like you are excited about it. I'm still, I mean, <laughs> here in, in the twilight zone because I don't get it. So I want to share with you some ideas that might help you to comprehend all these sections better. And more importantly, I want to give you applications. How can you apply these concepts to your practical life? Because I know that you probably say, all that probably makes sense. I don't get it totally, but I guess it's right. After all, this guy is a preacher. He's a pastor, probably. He knows what he's saying, I guess. And you're thinking, but uh, I don't see how that can be relevant to me. What's the relevance of all this into my life? So that's why I want to take my time to give you practical ideas of things that you can do in order to express through those actions what your spirit knows is truth and we just study and I just explained. So in other words, all those concepts are going to be planted in your heart. They are now by the power of the speaking the word of God. But now I want to give you practical ways to express that in your daily life. Would you like that? <laughs> I know you would. Okay, first of all, I want to share with you this simple concept. Nobody gets drunk in a Friday night by accident. <laughs> I laugh with this concept, but it's true. So what I'm saying here is that anything that you do that is wrong, everything that you eventually will do that is against God, against the holiness of life, and against yourself, and even maybe against others, anything that is wrong and sinful, those things do not happen by accident. You plan them. Because nobody gets drunk on a Friday night by accident. And I'm not saying drinking is the only issue. And I'm not saying the issue is Friday night. <laughs> you know? Because no. There are many issues and there is seven days and there are 24 hours in the day. The point is, you plan Even if you say you don't, you plan in your head without you talking to yourself. You are planning what is what you're going to do that you already know is wrong. So you have to discover yourself. You have to, to catch yourself with those plans and stop yourself and say, aha, I see that. You know what? I was wondering why I was thinking about that. <laughs> you know, your sinful self, right? You like the life with God. You like the idea of getting closer to God, to church. You like the idea of having a holy life. You like the idea of going to heaven. You want to be a good believer. You want to be a good person to your family, to the community, to everybody. And yet you struggle with your sins. So here is the, the number one practical thing Make good plans for whenever you know you will be weak. Why is that? Because when you don't have any plans, 
apparently because you do have plans for that moment doing that thing when you don't plan anything to prevent that you will end up doing what is wrong and you already know how wrong is that and you already know the consequence of that that's my first suggestion catch yourself when you are daydreaming when you are planning in the back of your head doing those things and then you are going to counterattack by planning doing other things that will take you from those situations you know many people think that the the issue we have actually the problems we have is because there is a temptation that is coming from outside we we even say that the devil is tempting us or the world or whatever you know or you say my ex or my friend or the internet or too many temptations online whatever you know we always try to blame something or somebody because this is the easy route but the truth of the matter is the temptation is not coming from outside because the problem is not outside point number two my friend realize that the problem is not outside the problem is inside the issues that you have are the result of things that are within yourself things that you are thinking and longing for to experience those things that's the problem is the desire you have within yourself so the big question is how can you handle that what's the practical thing to do that well first of all i want to tell you that sadly we provide our body parts of our body our hands and everything else to participate in those sinful things it's true that is what we do when we are thinking of sin when we are planning that thing that is wrong you know it's not going to be just something that is done somewhere there by somebody else it's something that sadly it, we want to do it with our mind or or if not well of course with the participation of our body so if the issue is inside you need to think about what is exactly what you are trying to experience because there are some emotions sensations emotional psychological feelings experiences that people can really enjoy when they are under the influence of something in what what is the, the the solution for such a thing what is the practical thing about that well do not buy those things be be very practical about it if you know that you are experiencing certain things and you are enjoying it and you know that 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 is something that is making you feel apparently good but you know is not right stop purchasing those things be practical about it don't buy those things if those things are controlling you don't get close to these people that they sell those things or don't go to places where they practice those things because the temptation is not outside 
is from inside. But if you already know that you are enjoying those experiences, you know, inside, inside of you, you are enjoying those experiences, be, be practical. Say no to that. Number one, with a good plan for those moments of weakness. And number two, do not buy those things. Don't get those things. Get rid of those things. Right? But I want to give you another suggestion here that it has to do with the sexual sins of many people. You know, first of all, <laughs> about that, we have to understand all of us, all humans, we have a natural ability to want to have sex with the spouse. Now, biblically speaking, here is where, where we have to be practical, be objective, mature about it. In the eyes of God, there is nothing wrong when you and your spouse, if you're a lady, you and your husband, if you're a guy, you and your wife, when you have this, that time when you make love, I want you to know that that is okay in the eyes of God. The Lord made us to do that, to pre procreate and also for the simple pleasure of loving one another also in that way, besides the many other ways that we can be loving one another. But there are some other things that many people try to enjoy in that uh, department of sexuality that are totally wrong. And we, we should just see that clearly and avoid it openly. So for instance, anything that has to be done with porn, whether it's through TV, apps, or uh, sexual uh, stuff that you can watch online, that is something that you have to see it and say, no, that is absolutely wrong. You have to stop it. Nobody will stop it for you. You realize that, right? And of course, homosexuality is something that the scripture declares clearly that is an abomination. So what are your alternatives? What is what you can do? Well, if you are interested in having a good sexual life, you need to get married. If you are a guy, you're going to marry a girl. If you are a girl, you're going to marry a guy. Then you will be okay. But other than that, all this sexual activity is wrong. So many people say, well, that's a problem. That's a problem because I'm in love with this person and you know, it's okay, relationship, blah, 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 but uh, there are legalities that uh, blah, blah, blah. So what is the challenge in those cases? To fix that situation and make it legal, my friend, make it legal to begin with. Now, the other issues, people that are addic addicted to porn or people that uh, are practicing homosexualism. What, what is what they can do? What they can do is they need to surrender to the good Lord. And exactly, like I said earlier, and in in here is very clear, Paul saying, we have to, 
understand that we have to die on the cross with Jesus and say, that is something that I cannot do. That applies to all kinds of sexual things that are totally <laughs> wrong that I don't want to describe, but you already know there are many other things that people can do that are wrong. Anyone who is a true believer will come to that point where it says to the Lord, Lord, I'm giving it to you. I'm not going to practice this anymore. I have to do it right. And, and you know what? When you do that, you are objective about it. And you acknowledge that that is a wrong practice. You are pleasing God. And you will have God's blessing to move forward in your life, to enjoy the sexuality the Lord gave you the right way. Even for those who think that that is an impossibility, I can tell you this, the scripture declares clearly that what is impossible for men is possible for God. The good Lord can change everything. The thing is some people are so convinced that uh, moving to another scenario, for instance, the, the abuse of alcohol or drugs, they think there is nothing that can give me more pleasure than that. The same thing applies to wrong sexuality. Nothing can give me more pleasure than that. Well, what about those people that have issues with food or any other things that we just think, I cannot find satisfaction in anything else other than that. Well, we have these preconceived ideas that whenever we come to this place, my friend, of surrendering totally to the Lord and say, Lord, I, don't, I really don't want to do this anymore. He will set you free. He will change everything for you. Be practical, my friend. Plain right. Don't expose yourself to those scenarios. And whatever is wrong, fix it. Do what is right. That is the big difference. Listen to this. Let me read it one more time to you. Romans 6, verse 12. Do not let sin control your life here on earth. You must not be ruled by the things your sinful self makes you want to do. Do not offer the parts of your body to serve sin. Do not use your bodies to do evil, but offer yourselves to God as people who have died and now live. Offer the parts of your body to God to be used for doing good. Sin will not be your master because you are not under the law. You now live under God's grace. My final suggestion to you, my friend, It's very simple. You need to rediscover yourself, reinvent yourself, and find things where you can be happy. Things that are within yourself that have nothing to do with any sin. So, practical suggestions, right? So here we go. Well, let me go first with the lady. Let's suppose a lady is a good organizer. Let's suppose you are good to organize things in your kitchen, in your closet, your shoes, whatever is, you are a good organizer. It's just an example. You need to find areas where you are really good at and become an expert on that. So let's say this girl, you, 
you finally have your, your kitchen, your closets, everything organized so nicely, your room, you have everything in the right place, you have done researches about it, and you are so happy with the result. So now is the time for you to share that with somebody else. So you go and you talk to somebody and you show the pictures and you talk to this person or people about what you are doing good. You know what is going to happen? Somebody will say, oh, I wish I could do that. Then is when you are going to take advantage of the situation because you need to put yourself to do good things in this world with your time and your skills and enjoy it. So you will say, well, you know what? I can do that for you and you don't need to spend a lot of money. So you keep your conversation in order to get that project done. Okay, let me move now to the scenario of a guy. Let's suppose a guy that is good by doing some work. Let's say plumbing, to give you an example. Anything that has to do with tools. So this guy really got it, right? Let's say you are that guy. You are very good doing this plumbing and you know how to put the faucet and you know how to fix the shower and on and on and you fix sinks and all that and you are very happy with that same thing. You're gonna share that with somebody else. And somebody will say, I wish I could have those skills because everything is wrong in my house. You say, you know what? I don't mind helping you. You don't need to spend a lot of money. You don't need to pay me. I can do it for you for free because we are friends or whatever. I can help you with. You keep yourself busy by doing good things, by helping somebody. It's two benefits right there. You are taking care of yourself because you are not doing what is wrong, you see? And you are helping somebody else. So now, now if you are following the idea, so you have a girl that is good organizing, you have a, good, a guy that is good with plumbing. Here is the beauty that you can see. When you stop doing what is wrong and you start developing all the skills and showing other people how good you are about those things, eventually somebody is going to hire you and you will start not just enjoying what you are doing, but you are going to start making money. So you will be ongoing on projects that are going to bring you the satisfaction of doing something that you love. And also you will have extra money. Who knows? Maybe a new company is going to come out out of that. And notice the result of you being practical saying, I'm not going to get drunk this Friday night. Not is going to happen. I'm not going to have that accident. Review this study, my friend. I just gave you wonderful practical ideas. Of course, we cannot do anything without the Lord. The Lord is the one who is giving us the intelligence and the ability, the power to do what is right. I hope that one day you will send me an email. You will say, Gian, my life is changing. I want to share with you what is what I am doing now. I cannot wait for that day. Until then, I invite you for next week, Bible study here in Victory Church. Have a great night.